Fiction and reality. New stories, new ideas. Little Beth Entertainment. Hey friends, it's the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. And I'm your host, The Rocket Noob, and we are back with the first full-length episode of Season 2. This is Field Notes 2020 Part 1. I took a recorder to almost every single launch uh, that I went to this last year, with one exception, and got hours and hours of recording. It took me forever to edit it down. Uh, but I thought, you know what? It's been a rough year. It's been a difficult year. A lot of people weren't able to get out as much as they wanted to. And so I'm just going to take this recorder along with me. We're going to have something nice to listen to, some rocket stuff to listen to in the middle of the cold, dark winter. That's the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com, starting in... Welcome to the Model Rocket Show, a podcast that is all about low and mid-power model rockets. Like the ones you buy at hobby stores and fly in a park. And now, here is your host, Daniel the Rocket Noob. Testing one, two. Okay. Hey, everybody. Um, So, I'm actually going to a launch. And it's uh, June 28th, I think. I'm going to my first launch in a long time. Well, definitely since the pandemic hit. Um, first launch since last fall. And it's just, it's a little thing. Uh, it's just me and a, a friend or two. It's not an official NAR launch. Um, our, our club is still not flying right now. I don't, I don't really know if other clubs around the country are flying. I'm not really in a hurry to get together with a bunch of people. But I am definitely looking forward to flying because I haven't flown in a long time. Uh, so I'm going to Acton, Mass. And I'm just going to fly with uh, my friend David Doyle. He runs the Little Dipper Restaurant. This is a restaurant in Jamaica Plain in Boston. Uh, the entire restaurant is decked out with model rockets, and that's kind of how I met David. Yeah, we're going to fly some rockets. The weather's not going to be great for too long, so we're definitely going to uh, take it easy. I think I have to make a turn here. Exit right to I-95 North Peabody, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I'm nervous, I have to say, and it has nothing to do with COVID. I'm nervous for a few reasons. First of all, I haven't driven uh, long distance in a long time. You know, when I lived in the Midwest, I drove all the time, but here you don't really have to and if I haven't driven in a long time and I suddenly have to make a trip I just get nervous but mostly I think what I'm nervous about is I just haven't flown a rocket in a long time and so it's you know I've been really wanting to it's just been been kind of a lot of emotional build-up for me I guess I, I, I hope it doesn't sound silly but you know this hobby is really important to me I haven't really even prepped anything we were gonna go later in the afternoon but the weather's gonna be bad so now I, I had to rush and and get out there. So I just threw some things in a box, just five, maybe five, maybe six small, low-power rockets. I'm going to keep everything B or maybe C as far as motor's concerned and uh, try to keep everything low. The wind's not bad. The wind is, uh, I think, topping out at six miles an hour, which is pretty good. And the skies were looking pretty clear. They're looking a little cloudy right now, but the clouds are pretty high up. And we'll probably get a good, a good couple of hours before we have to quit. Well, I don't know if you can hear this, but it's raining like Jurassic Park. I got here five minutes and was just setting up, prepping a, an Estes Goblin, and it started raining, and we decided to wait, and it lightened up slightly. We were going to fly a few things, and then it hit real hard, and I don't think it's going to clear up. So... I got here a little late, too, because I forgot the exact address of the launch field, so I just typed in the name of the street, figuring I would recognize it when I saw it, and I went the wrong way for about a mile and a half, and I finally realized I don't recognize any of this, so I turned around. And uh, the one good thing about this is there are no public restrooms available right now. There are no porta johns here at the field, and I wouldn't use one right now if I could. And I have to go to the bathroom really badly. Uh, and I was going to have to hold it for two and a half hours. Uh, and now I have a perfectly reasonable excuse to go home and go to the bathroom. 2020 has not been fun so far. This is a bummer. 
Little Noob, who is about two years and three or four months old, um, is now getting curious enough that I would love to have brought him here. Um, he did not do so well at a high-power launch in upstate New York a little over a year ago because he was much younger, and those motors were very loud. Um, but I think he would really enjoy this now. There, there were people flying RC airplanes. He would have thought that was cool. And I think he's really interested in the rockets. He's starting to talk. But we just started potty training. I mean, literally this week. So now is not, not really the time to take him to a place where there are no facilities. And that is a half hour away from home. So hopefully in a few weeks, when he gets a little better at knowing when he's got to go, we can bring a little potty for him. And we could fly some model rockets, and he'll have a grand old time. All right. Back to the show. You ready for rockets, Simon? Yeah? Are you excited? Are you? Good. You going to see some rockets fly? And what are they going to do? Do five, four, three, two, one. Blast off! It's gonna be so exciting, Simon. You're gonna love it. How how old are you, Simon? Uh, he's just saying blast off now. Hey, Simon, come here. You want to help me? Yeah, come here. Okay. okay, watch out for that rocket. Don't step on it. All right, come here. Come here. All right. We gotta put it on the launch pad. I didn't record the first one, but it went really well. Simon really liked it, didn't you, Simon? Yeah. Yeah? Was it too loud? Yeah. It was too loud? I thought it was just right. All right. So I'm just flying an Apogee Avion on an A motor. That's right. Blast off in the air. Yeah, I get it up and plunk. There's some people playing cricket in the park, and they're not that close, but it's a little breezy, and I don't want to... I don't want to interrupt their okay. exciting game of cricket. So uh, we're going to do this. All right, ready? Should we do a countdown? We do a countdown? All right, Guys, two, three, ten, blood shot. Wait, 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 wait. We're going to do it right? Okay. Five, Five, four, three, two, one. Blood shot. Blood shot. Wow. 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 See that? Look at that. Boom. There it is. You see it? You see it? It's up it, there. I feel a guy. You see it? You see it? You see it? Wow! Wow! I did it! You did it! You did it! I did it! Good job! Good job of saying blast off. All right. You want to go get it? Let's go get it. Can you can you see it? That's okay. That's okay. Let's go get it. I did it! Blast it off into the air, didn't it? It's too loud. It was too loud. I thought it was perfect. Wow! Wow! Look at it! Wow! Ooh, ooh, we had a little bit of damage. We had a ooh, we had a fin that kind of cracked, huh? Well, that's what happens when you have streamer recovery. That's okay. These are the ones that I fly when I nope. want to test things out. I'm gonna test out the wind. Too loud? You okay? Yeah. Okay. Should we go? Yeah. You all done? Two rockets and then done. And more. And more. More? <laughs> you want to do more? Yeah. Okay, but I got to find a different rocket because this one kind of broke. Yeah. Okay. This one will actually be a pretty good one to fly, I think. On a B. And I'll put this parachute in. Blast off! All right, I'm going to fly the photon probe next, huh? Yeah. I'm going to put a B motor in this one. That'll be fun, won't it? Yeah. All right, I got to get it ready. Hang on, and then we'll go home after that. So, two flights. An Apogee Avion on AA3 motors both times. With streamer and second flight, I broke a fin, kind of. Um, you know, two A motors. I'd say for 2020, that's not so bad. <laughs> At least I got to fly something this time. Didn't get rained out. And I got to bring a little noob along. I think got real excited. I think really liked it, but he also got a little nervous because it was. Uh, I thought it was a little loud.
but I also thought that the rooster at the farmhouse next to the field was also too loud and you know it's, it's quite a distance away they're going to check out that rooster right now I think but hey you know what baby steps last time I took him to a launch event was a year ago in Genesee New York and it was an event with some high power rockets with some I mean I've been around high power rockets before but some of these motors were loud enough they startled even me and boy, was he terrified. It was a year younger, and, you know, that did not go super well. But this, he did enjoy it. He got excited, but he also was a little nervous. So that's progress. I think he had a good time. And then he found the soccer ball that I had in my backpack and decided he wanted to kick the soccer ball around, and he was done flying, which is fine. We have to get home and go to the bathroom anyway. So, hey, we got to come out here, got to fly. The field is pretty pretty much deserted most of the time and it's only 30 minutes away so I could probably just come here if I get the opportunity and fly some more which I'd like to do it'd be nice to fly with other people and you know we'll get back to that as soon as we can coordinating my schedule with the small launches that have happened with certain club members have been a little tricky for me because I often tend to work on Saturdays but Sundays are nice, too. It's launch day. Hey, it is August 8th, and I am at my first club launch, and I only have an hour to fly because I got here late. I had to work in this, work this morning, uh, but the weather's beautiful. There's no wind. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, even if I don't fly anything, I'm, it's good to see people, and I'm going to try and take some pictures. All right, I'm going to go fly. Bye. All right, so it's a pretty small crowd. Saw a few few rockets go up already. And I picked up my launch cards because I forgot to bring some from home. And it's a beautiful day. That's kind of it. I don't have anything else to say. I'm going to see what I brought. I, I, I didn't really prepare much. I just threw some rockets in a bucket. Not a bucket, a box. And grabbed some motors and came down here. And... Uh, Threw them in last night. I thought I'd sort it out today. Knowing full well that when I go to a club launch, I don't actually fly that much. I mostly stand around and talk. So why prep 50 things if I'm going to fly too? Or since I have less than an hour, why prep anything if I might not fly? Um, I know that sounds weird. That might sound weird to some people because, uh, you know... Uh, because it's a rocketry, it's a rocketry club, and I'm doing this podcast. But you know, for me, this is actually also kind of my social life, and uh, the fact that I haven't seen any of these guys for well since last year, apart from on the occasional Zoom meeting, means that I'm kind of right now more interested in just seeing people than in flying. But I'm going to prep something and fly at least one rocket. So I think I'm going to go with my old trusty Estes Cosmic Explorer which lost a fin at Nipower last year, and I glued it back on. And it's a little beat up, but it's a good flyer. So I'm gonna prep that guy. I never should have paused this because you're missing Ken's hilarious jokes. So I'm prepping my Cosmic Explorer. This will be my first sea motor of the year. A few weeks ago, my wife and I brought our son here to this park to fly and I didn't record because I really just wanted to enjoy myself which is fine because he did a lot of crying he just got a little scared he liked it when they were in the air he just the anticipation kind of freaked him out a little bit so it was a little dramatic I felt kind of bad he was real excited before we came here and then just got so nervous So one thing I'm doing here is I'm trying out my camera, which uh, I bought specifically thinking about rocketry. Oh, got to get my flight card. I always forget something. Got an igniter, got my rocket, got my flight card. And haven't had the chance to practice with it other than a, a couple of shots that I took with my friend David Doyle. And they didn't turn out great. I'm still not used to shooting with these things. We'll see how they go see if I can get some decent shots today. Of course, a lot of these are pretty small. This is our low power field, so it's a little harder, I think, to get 
good shots, at least for me. It's harder to get shots with uh, small rockets because they go out of focus. And I'm not used to this. Pad 7, John Petrakis has his SD Sahara flying on an Aerotech E20-4, altimeter 3, and uh, he says it's got it turned on. Got it turned on, he thinks. How about the uh, shoot release? Okay. Pad seven going up in five, four, three, two, one, lift off. Hey, you chop away enough of that altitude on the pad, you don't have to worry about a shoot release. Pad one, Daniel's Cosmic Explorer flying an Estes C65. Pad one going up in five, four, three, two, one, liftoff. Nice. Pad number eight. Mike Lehman has got his Estes there it is. on an Oh, it's so bright five. up here. Pad eight, though, no continuity. I flew right into the sun and I couldn't see it. And I had to just trust it was coming down pretty close to the pad. Oof. I'm seeing spots now. That was a nice flight. I think, I mean, mostly I saw it through the camera lens. The thing about shooting video and photographs of camera of rocket launches is I often don't remember the flight itself. I just remember the video or the pictures, but that's okay. I need to try and take, take some good pictures. It's a skill I want to learn. And then I'll fly some and I'll shoot some. Good shape. It was a good flight, I think. I couldn't see it at Apogee because it was... Oh. I had my hand blocking the sun, but it was so bright, I could hear my eardrums rumbling. That was fun. All right. I'm going to try a new motor. The newly released, or some would say re-released, Estes C53. Sort of a bring back. And these are pretty neat motors. They have more total impulse than a C6 motor. They have a little bit of a kick at the beginning because the uh, core is a little deeper. It gives a little more surface area, so when it first ignites, there's just a little bit extra. And it seems to me like it might be the perfect motor for a big Bertha flight. So if you've never flown with a club before, one of the things that you usually tend to do is fill out what's called a flight card and it's it's got your name on it, it's got the model number, uh, various pieces of information. It might have your NAR number, what kind of recovery you have, and the, the motor or engine you're using. So this is an Estes C5-3, uh, things like that. And so that, that way the club's able to keep records and they can assign you to a, an appropriate launch pad and keep everything in order. I like to put the starter in <coughs> or the igniter before I'm installing the motor. And a lot of people complain about these Estes starters and they are supposed to come out with some improved ones, but I usually don't have much of a problem with them. Uh, I put them in the motor before I put the motor in because I don't want to fiddle with it. The main thing is you don't want to pull the starter out of contact with the propellant. It's got to be in contact with the propellant or it's just not going to work. It doesn't have any pyrogen on the end, so it's not as forgiving as the old black tip ones. As long as you got it in contact and there's no short and the pieces of wire aren't touching each other, you should be good to go. All right, let's go set this up. I'm not going to shoot this one. I just want to watch this one. This face mask is better than sunscreen, but it is sure sweaty. Hey, how you doing? Yeah? See, you got your Syracuse pride show in here. Sweet orange. <laughs> This used to be a white shirt. All right, fellas. I'm going to try one of these new C5 motors. Did you, did you sign one of those? Did you read it? No, I didn't. Now, is your podcast getting any of the funding that... Uh... The Patreon stuff? I, I think so. Well, the, the, the Patreon funding is going to um, cover... Yeah, the the costs of well, we we haven't decided yet whether we're going to set up a separate Patreon. So for right now, we're just putting both in. On the floor next to that one. Sorry, one excellent. So I believe the gist of that form was don't give COVID to people at the launch. Oh, there's a dragonfly on top of my launch pad. Hi. Hi. Oh, very pretty. 
little red tips on its wings. And I didn't bring my camera with me. Hey. Hey, buddy. There we go. Hey, hey, hey. You better move. You want to be there. All right, so I just turned in my flight card, and they assigned me to pad number one, which has an eighth-inch launch rod. These launch pads are made of stakes that stick in the ground, and there's a rod attached to the top of it with a blast deflector and some kind of standoff, which we have clothespins and we have used motor casings. Whoa, okay. They're a little awkward sometimes. I'll put this in my pocket and hope it doesn't ruin the sound. I always like to put my rockets on some kind of standoff, whether it's a clothespin or something, even if it's not going to be sitting right on the pad because it keeps the blowback of the flame away from the rocket and it keeps it from damaging it. But sometimes the hooks kind of get in the way. All right. Another family grudge match here. <clears throat> on pad number three. Well, actually, let's see. Pad number three is Craig Correll with Minimax on a one half A three two T, dragging with Aiden Correll's Minimax on a one half A three two T on pad number nine, and Ashley Correll's Minimax one half A three two T on pad eleven. Pads nine, eleven, and three all have continuity. So drag race going up in five, four, three, two, one, lift off. Oh, fun. Those are fun. I'm going to adjust the angle of my launch rod. A little bit of a breeze. And I just want to make sure the rocket stays on the field. And the upwind side is a lot longer than the downwind side, so that was a fun little launch. The rocket noob flying the Big Bertha on an Estes C-53. That one has continuity going up in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Liftoff. That is a fun motor for that. And down on the parachute. Very nice, Daniel. I feel like I should have brought more rockets because this is almost a windless day. It's maybe two miles an hour. Bravo. It's sort of coming right at me. And it's 20 feet away from me. That's <laughs> perfect. That's a great motor for that. Highly recommend the C53. If you got a big Bertha or other large BT60 rocket that's kind of draggy. Hey, how you doing? Let me mask up so I don't give you my COVID-19. How you doing? Uh, I, I like that. You flown a C53 yet? Not yet. Oh, I like them. Hmm. That was my first time. Let's see, I think I'm going to fly one more thing here. Yeah. This was my first rocket. Was it really? Yeah. This is my first, my first one that I ever built. Oh, someone, someone still has the big red max, but of course they're reintroducing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is going to be a three-inch version that they're going to bring Oh. It's not a pro series. Mm. It's not the uh, four-inch di di diameter. But. <clears throat> You know, better than nothing. I wish they'd bring back the Pro Series Builder Kits. Yeah, well... But I understand. They don't have motors for them. And really... Estes makes their money off their motors. They're, they're like Gillette, you know? They'll give you the razor for the shaver for free. You just gotta buy the razors, you know? Hey, Daniel. Hey, how you doing, Chris? We missed you during the thunderstorm. Yeah, I just... I had to hightail it out of here because I thought for sure... Well... I was surprised to learn that it had passed over because it followed me all the way home, and it was rough. Did you come out here to fly? Uh, yeah, I've been out here a couple times. Frank and I have been coming out here almost every weekend since, like, really? March. Oh, all right. <laughs> He's got over 160 flights in. Oh, my God. I, I've flown more this year than I did, like, probably the last two years. All right, they're Red Max C65. My very first model rocket, the one that got me started. And I trust the wind today. Get some good pictures of this guy. All right, on pad number one. Daniel has his Doed Max flying on an Estes C65. This is his very ever first rocket. Oh. Thanks, Ken. Give his wife a little chuckle. Doed Max going up in front. 
4, 3, 2, 1, Ausschluss! I forgot! So I probably won't remember that flight, but maybe I get a good picture of it. Now that was a nice flight. And still in good shape with the beautiful Auto Rockets parachute. Nice big spill hole cutting that. Yeah. I love the smell of black powder in the afternoon. Mixed with baby powder. <laughs> it's a very unique combination of smells. That was fun. It was a good time. Is anybody else prepping anything? Okay, a couple more rockets. So I keep all my parachutes attached with fishing snap swivels, which is a pretty common practice. But I like that for several reasons. I can detach them and move them from rocket to rocket. If they get tangled, it's pretty easy to detangle them. And it's pretty easy to change them, change sizes. Five, four, three, two, one, lift off. Those Quest Black Powder B64s were pretty loud motors. They sure don't sound like B motors. When we get a chance to get a hold of one, they're fun. For a B, they're pretty fun because they're so loud. This was a perfect day. I'm tempted to stay here and fly some more stuff. Just on my own. Oh, they even cut down the grass over there. So there's the soccer field area. And there's this other field that, I guess, not the park. And it's usually, by this time of the year, pretty overgrown. It's easy to lose stuff in there because it's just long, overgrown weeds, I guess. But it looks like they mowed it. And if I wanted to fly here today, I got a couple that I've built to go really high. And I haven't had the nerve to do really high altitude stuff in a long time. Especially two-stage, like I've designed this one to be. It's a little scratch build. Could easily go 2,100 feet, 2,400 feet, I forget. Got an altimeter bay set up in it. Little BT-20 sized rocket. But of course, I don't really want to lose the rocket. I don't want to lose the altimeter. That's what I don't want to lose, the altimeter. I could easily do that here today. Set up here in the middle of the field. Easy recovery with a streamer. I had a prototype that I flew. It's a little rocket, two-stage rocket I called Flechette. And flew it a couple years ago up in Maine at this giant field that's three quarters of a mile across. It's a high power field with a 10,000 foot waiver on it. And uh, I just couldn't find it. it. Just disappeared. I haven't been out here in a long time. Rocketry is really my one opportunity to get outside and into the sort of semi countryside, walk around, sometimes go into the woods. I just don't get much opportunity to do that kind of stuff. So this is my one chance to be a little outdoorsy. So this is my first club launch in a year. And I really enjoyed it. The weather's perfect. The one thing it's missing, though, my favorite part or one of my favorite parts about a club launch is going to dinner with some of the club members afterwards. It's kind of my main social outlet. And, you know... There's some nice little restaurants in this part of New England. It's nice. Maybe at some point we'll get back to that. It might be a while. Quite lovely out here though. My son is two now, and I really am enjoying this age. He's, he astonishes me every day. And I'm really having fun with it. And I miss having him as a baby as well. So I'm not in any hurry for him to grow up, but I do really look forward to the time when he can enjoy rocketry and we can go fly some things together and eventually he can build with me. And I think he'll get the benefit doing that. And I didn't really do stuff like that as a kid. And I think that's the kind of thing that builds confidence, the ability to make stuff with your hands and then go out and fly, fly it or do something with it. And I'm really looking forward to that. I think that'll be a fun way to bond with him. But no rush.
Hey, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. All right, it's time to talk about our sponsor, eRockets.biz, your home for unique model rocket kits, as well as the world's largest selection of model rocket parts from SEMROCK. In business since 2009, eRockets doesn't just stock many of your favorite in-production kits. They also produce their own versions of popular out-of-production models many of you have come to enjoy over the years. There are also plenty of other new and reissue model rocket kits to choose from. eRockets.biz certainly has enough kits to keep you busy building rockets for a long time to come. And I want to talk about a line that they carry called Shrockets. These are by designer Shrocks. They've got four of them here at eRockets.biz. And they are all rocket plane style, sort of either sci-fi or military style looking rocket planes. They got the Ibis, the Sea Sting. The Johnny Star Commander, that's the more of the sci-fi, and one called the Skonk Wolf. Now, the Ibis and the Sea Sting are a little smaller. Those fly on B and C motors or the 18-millimeter motors. The Skonk Wolf is a nice, big, fat, 2.6-inch diameter rocket that flies on 24-millimeter motors. Can go anywhere with a D motor, a black powder D, up to 485 feet, roughly, uh, if you've got a small field. Or you could stick an F in there and get up to 15, 1,600 feet on that. It is a pretty cool looking plane and uh, it's a it was skill level 3 rocket and that uh, retails for $65.99 at uh, eRockets.biz. You can get the Ibis and the Sea Sting for $36.99 and the Johnny Star Commander which is another smaller model rocket but it's a little it's a little more complicated build. That one is $39.99 at eRockets.biz. So check out eRockets.biz today to learn more eRockets.biz. If rocketry scares you, buy a train set. All right, now back to the show. Daniel loves your model rocket questions. If you have any, send them to noob at themodelrocketshow.com. That's N-0-0-B at themodelrocketshow.com. Now, back to Daniel. All right, Saturday, September 5th. I am on my way to a CMAS launch. Beautiful sky, no, no, not a single cloud in the sky. It's the mid-70s, low winds, and I can't wait. And I'm going to fly as much as I can, and I'm going to try and take pictures. I've got all my launches planned out for the next couple of months until the end of the season. I made sure, now that we're back flying again, to put in my, my requests at work. And come on, GPS. All right, well, first launch was uh, my SS Nike X, and it's a bit windier than I was anticipating, so I'm keeping this low, kept it low on a B6-4, and I think I'm going to continue with B motors for now. It's hoping to fly some Cs and maybe, maybe Ds, but I'm not going to risk it. I've got some of my very beautiful, beautifully painted Semrock kits that I... I've never flown before, and I don't want to ding them up or lose them in a tree. It's a big field, pretty big field for small small rockets, but I'm not going to risk it. So it's just blowing a bit. Band five. Lord Lena has his too cool for school flying on an Estes C110 to another C110. No need to watch for the booster on this one. Band five. Oh, actually, there is. Let's separate. Band five going up in five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. Pad 7, John Satrakis has his HB Arcus flying in an Aerotech F-35-5. Kali launch shoot release, set for 300 feet. That's the way to go. Pad 7, going up in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, lift off. Oh. And my camera was off. Oh. Nice accounting for the rod whip there, John. Pad 2, Daniel's Big Bertha flying an Estes B64. Pad 2, going up in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, liftoff. Oh, come on, there we go. Not gonna lose that. Uh oh. My rocket is being dragged through the grass. That's how windy it is. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with B motors for today. That was not a very high flight, but it was perfect. 
I used to stick the most powerful motor I could stick in any rocket anytime I flew something. And then I started losing them. And I started taking so much time making them look pretty that I started not wanting to fly them. And flying them was the whole purpose. So I had to decide whether I wanted to make them less pretty and care less about them or put lower power motors in them. So I put lower power motors in them because I can't help wanting them to make them look pretty. Got a lot of new flyers today, which is nice. This parachute is getting away from me. So now I do this thing lately. I'm trying to be more organized about my recoveries and a little less messy. So I take the chute off and I do something with it. Either I'll attach it to, sometimes I'll attach it to my belt loop. That's something I've been doing today, especially because it's so windy. I don't want to mess it up by trying to fold it and have it just get all messed up by me trying to do something to it while it's in the wind. So I just hook it on my belt loop and it trails behind me as I go back to my canopy. capture that I missed it anyway so then I stuff the put the rocket all together so that it's just all back together and I can carry everything back without messing anything up I hope you can hear me through this mask and I've got the recorder in my pocket good how are you you probably got better shots of that than I did <laughs> caught me off guard huh I, I'm still kind of new at it, and I haven't quite got the hang of it. So the problem with a bunch of cameras is that you can get them all set up wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can't even seem to get... I mean, I'm still trying to learn how to use get the most out of this thing, you know, with just one or two lenses that I have. Those are some nice flights, though. Yeah, beautiful day. Huh? Yeah. Wish it were less windy. Yeah, I know. I got here late. That's always a story. I show up later than I mean to, and a windless day turns into a windy day. Call it the noob's curse, I guess. So this is, I think, our last launch of the year here at Acton, which is our low-power field, our low- and mid-power field. And then we're going up to Amesbury in two weeks. And I, I like the Acton field because it's... Well, it's much closer to where I live, easier to get to, and there's just less pressure, you know? Uh, I like high-power rockets, and I do have some larger rockets that I tend to only fly in bigger fields, but, um, you know, it's not a bad-sized field. It does make me a little nervous flying anything too crazy. And I like the Amesbury field. It was the first field I ever launched a, a club. I went to a club launch at Amesbury. And, um, but it is a little further away and, you know, more of a trek. And I really like these uh, launches. But, you know, I may come here occasionally for the odd, uh, casual, personal launch. We'll have to see about that. Are those pumpkins out there? Those look like pumpkins. All right, so the next one is one I'm nervous about because it is my very beautifully finished Simrock Cherokee D. So I'm going to keep it conservative on a uh, an Estes B64. I know if I take a D motor, that's the whole point of the Cherokee D. It was one of the first rockets that could handle the mighty D. But... Uh, 
often find that I go to launches with rockets that I'm really proud of and I get too nervous to fly them. And that's, it doesn't work. That's what the whole point is to fly them. So I'm going to fly this one. Okay. Okay. Uh-oh, we got a tangle. All those parts, all those no shoot here. tubey bits. It's coming down slow, though. It's coming down sideways. That was a very soft no-shoot recovery. <laughs> Here goes. Has a Cherokee D, I didn't say that. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Shut up. So am I. Oof. Not the direction I was hoping. But nice long shot cord. Down a little faster than I was hoping. That nylon chute is kind of swinging and swinging. Slow down, buddy. Boy, I'm glad I'm using B motors because that traveled quite far, even coming down really fast. Daniel gets the prize for closest to the woods, Ken says. And it's it wants to drag the rocket even through the grass. That's how windy it is. Man, ugh, it wants to pick it up. You better not. I'd run, but I've been having problems with my ankle lately, and I don't. I'm trying to take it easy. I don't think it's going anywhere. That was a nice flight. It was, it was a decent flight. I would like to see what this will do on a zippier motor, though. Let's see. Looks pretty good. Don't see any damage initially, even in that nose cone. You know, that's the thing about short shock cords. If you get an Estes, like an 18-inch rubber shock cord from Estes, well, they don't use balsa nose cones anymore, but uh, when they did, you'd often get a little smile-shaped ding from the snapback. So I always replace my shock cords with, I don't want to get too much into detail right now, right here, but I, I, I have a little Kevlar mount, and I attach a long sewing elastic shock cord that I can replace. And the, the elastic means that it's less likely to damage the tube and cause a zipper. Well, it's not really gonna cause a zipper, but it might, you know, nick the end of the tube. And the length means that it's not gonna snap back and have that balsa nose cone hit the rocket anywhere. Let's see, I'm charring, no damage. I've gotten much better lately about not getting any damage, particularly flame damage from liftoff, and that's by getting the rocket up off of the blast deflector by good margin, maybe six, seven inches. I use a clothespin standoff, which which we most of our launch pads have, and I carry some clothespins with me, and I just, I don't put the rocket down close to the blast deflector. I keep it up off the blast deflector by little margin, and, and, and I've managed to protect several really nice paint jobs. Fly them several times without any sign they have flown. There's no black marks on the underside of the fins or the body tube. And then those long shot cords generally help protect against any kind of snap back or damage to the end of the tube. And you pack your chute just right and you usually don't have any kind of deployment issues. New flyers will often have their parachute come out and it comes out in a wad and it never opens up. And um, I kind of feel like the instructions that you get with an Estes kit, I don't really think that is the best way to pack a parachute. I haven't read them in a while. Maybe they, maybe they don't do them, do them that way anymore. But they used to have you uh, fold, pull it lengthwise and then fold it down and then fold, roll the two ends together. And you made this kind of fat... It just made it kind of fat and wadded up. Never really liked that, so I stopped doing that pretty early on. Uh, 
So I was lucky enough to get a hold of some Quest C65 black powder motors, which I'd never flown before, but I'd always liked the... The few times I've seen them fly, I liked them because they burn a little longer than an Estes motor. So I'm going to try one out for the first time. Putting it in my Apogee Avion, which I built at Rocket Camp, and that's kind of what I test things out on, like what the wind is doing, and I cannot seem to lose these Apogee Avions. We'll see. I have two streamers in this thing. All right, so those Quest black powder motors have a deeper uh, well, or I don't know. You, you have to install the igniter a little deeper to touch the propellant. I'm using Estes starters because. I have some old Quest Q2D2s, and I don't want to use them unless I'm flying a cluster. So I'm... It's a little trickier to use those Estes starters. A lot of people complain about those Estes starters. I usually don't have a problem with them. If I'm using Estes motors, I've gotten pretty good at placing them just where they need to be, but... A lot of people have problems with them. Maybe I'll have some tips on the blog or the podcast at some point. Although they are coming out with a new version, which is supposed to be a little... A little more forgiving. Try this again. So one issue that you might encounter that I, I encounter when I have a failure is that I, I should have I should have clipped the um, the lead wires to something to the blast plate. I didn't do it this time or last time, and they're made of lamp wire, which is kind of heavy, and that can tug the starter away from the propellant. Yeah, that was a good burn. Can't see it, but I do have two streamers, one of which is a bright red Mylar. And I can see that. That went pretty high. Actually, it didn't look like it went that high. It looked like it kind of went far. Don't take your eyes off it, noob. Oh, no. I think it went into the trees. It went over the tree line. Oh, I should have aimed that a little further into the wind. Well, I'll look for it. I don't know if I'm going to find it. The other thing you shouldn't take your eyes off of is the place you're walking toward uh, when you're going for a rocket you've lost sight of because I just did that and now I can't remember where it went. <laughs> did you guys lose one over the trees too? Yeah. Yeah. Is that one, the, one, the sparkly one that just went up yours? Yeah. That was a beautiful flight. Yeah. the wrong direction. It was, uh, I, I didn't think it was, I mean, I was trying to launch it straight up. And it kind of went this way. I wasn't expecting that. It's unusual because of the wind. Yeah. And I, I, that was a Quest black powder motor, yeah. which I, I got a hold of a few of them. I've never flown one before, but I like them because they burn longer. Yeah. And I wanted to try it out. And that's one that I've never managed to lose. <laughs> but I might have done this time because I took my eyes off of it. I told the, the directionally where it went. But the problem is... Yeah. No idea how far. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm standing here, I'm like looking at that blue tarp yeah. on the ground. Between it's about one tarp, if you sort of copy the tarp over to the left, it's about on that line. On that side? All right. On that line. That's so funny because I was I thought it was over on this side. It's definitely on the left. On the left? All right. Well, I'm going to take a look. It's pretty far. So. It's probably gone, yeah. which is okay. An orange alpha while you're back uh, it, okay, I'll take a look. I'll make sure to take a look. So these woods are not just wooded. They're also a big hill, which immediately upon entering the woods, you tend to go down this slope. That depends on where you're at, I think. I haven't explored the whole thing. Uh, so I do want to fly one more. I got 45 minutes to this launch. Boy, it is really hard to walk perfectly straight line. Especially if you 
look around at all. Okay, I'm at this blue tarp. Uh, I can't go through there. I'm gonna have to find a way down. Find a path. Here's a path, I think. Maybe it just goes a little, ooh, that's not a, nope, that's a ledge. That's a ledge. I think this rocket is gone. <laughs> that's a large swampy area. A lot of very tall grass. And I don't, let's, let's, I guess we'll give it a little bit of a try to get down there and see what's going on. But I think, uh, it's so strange how you have no conception of how far it actually went. Like, I thought it was coming down before it hit the trees, and I actually think it went down way over the tree line, but, but no idea how far. And did it get snagged in a branch? I mean, it was a streamer recovery, so, you know, it could have slipped through. Did it hit a tree at all? I mean, there are some open areas here, but the fact is, you know, I found rockets that were a lot farther than I thought they had flown. And then I found rockets walking on my way back from having given up that were a lot closer than they looked like they landed. And... Boy, this is, the, the frust this is a frustrating part of this hobby is when something just vanishes. I love flying. I don't love hunting for lost rockets. Especially if I just really have no idea. And right now, I'm so far off track. I've gone... So that guy told gave me an, uh, an eye line to walk and... I couldn't get down there, so I've come over to this trail that descends down to the area below the, the drop-off that I walked straight toward, and um, uh, and that, that, that was a good probably 50, 60 feet to the right of where, actually I don't know, oh, I found a rocket. I think I found a rocket. Ooh, I saw a large shadow of probably a hawk. Hey, this is like space camp. I found what looks like an Estes generic. It's been here for some time. It's a little flattened and a little weathered. It's got a little horseshoe sticker on it and Estes aerospace club sticker on it and this was uh, decorated by some kid all right hey should i pick up this old rocket i probably will but i'm gonna leave it there for now maybe come back for a b should i try to even find my rocket because it could be anywhere I mean, anywhere. This is not, I don't think this is a good idea. There's a little apogee avion that's flown dozen of times. I don't know if I want to look for it. If only I had a drone. I, I don't think I'm anywhere near where that guy said he saw it. I don't think I'm anywhere near it. I'm getting some interesting shots of bees. That's kind of fun. Uh, no, I'm not going any further. I'm not going any further. It's cool. You lose some every now and then. There are some things underneath here. Some old logs that I'm not going to trip and break my leg and not for that rocket. All right, where did that little rocket go? There it is. Alright. Well, it's not even really worth bringing back because it's. Even the fin can is all broken. Still, it is trash and. <clears throat> you know, might as well pick up the trash one day. 
if this is over here, I can't get that motor out, I don't think. But if this is over here, that's not an A motor. Somebody probably stuck a C in this little thing. Some little beginner rocketeer, just like I used to do when I was only 40 years old. Back on the high ground. All right, so I could use one good last flight. I'm gonna try my Semrock Bandit again on a B64. Don't wanna be crazy. Not after that Apogee. And I'm actually gonna put a little altimeter in this one. It's a Firefly altimeter, little tiny thing. 23, 24 bucks if you buy it in the right spot online. It's been a while since I used this altimeter, so I hope I did it right. I forgot to put up, hook up the uh, igniters. That's, uh, let's maybe do that. It's a little heavy for this rod, huh? Bad night, Jam Bandit. That's the C64 on its first flight. Finally. Bad night, going in five, four, three, two, one, liftoff. As you seriously think the bandits care, they are bandits after all. Oof. And it's just about coming right to me. Gentle, gentle, gentle. Oof. Bit of a tumble on landing. But it was a decent flight. Not too high. Arced over the launch site. A little bit more than I was intending it to, but hey, it looks pretty good. It's pretty good. A little bit of nicking on the fins, a little bit of charring. I didn't have this one quite far, as far off the launch pad. Still, looks good. Decent flight. I'd rather see it fly on a C motor. I should have built the uh, motor mount up so it would fly on a D, but I didn't do that. I just built it stock, so. It's nice though, nice rocket, very pretty. All right, let's check the altimeter. See if it recorded. I uh, haven't read the instructions for this altimeter in some time, and I hope I remembered how to do it correctly. 127 feet? Maybe. Oh, so. Alright, I'm gonna turn it back on. 127 feet, I think. Probably. Didn't go that high. Did not go that high. Alright, well, it was either a very low flight or my. Uh, static quartz are too small, or I'm not doing this correctly. But it was probably just a really low flight. 127 feet. That's what I'm going to call it. Well, when you build heavy, you know, don't expect a high flight. 127 is pretty low, though. That's enough flying for today. What was that, five? One lost. Lunch is over, and I'm just stubbornly going back into the woods for one more look. I'm gonna try a different spot. I saw some couple people coming out of the woods uh, from a different area that might be more accessible. And at this point, I'm literally just blindly looking to see if I happen upon the rocket, which means that in all likelihood, I won't find it. Although I have found things accidentally um, just by walking in an area that uh, it might've been. So they said this was a trail. This doesn't really seem like a trail to me. This seems more like they walked through here. And I'm just following in their footsteps. Let's see what we got here. I'm gonna pop this recorder in my pocket and so I have two hands free. Oh, this isn't too bad. It's pretty flat right here anyway. Maybe I'll take pictures. I mean, it's all good experience, right? Take pictures. 
Oh, this isn't so bad. I mean, it's a lot of deep grass. No way for me to know how far the rocket went or in what direction. I'm just guessing at this point. Although I think I'm a little closer to the area that that earlier person had pointed me to than I was before. I mean, what is under here? I don't even know what the ground is made of. Is it dirt? Is it old grass? What? Oof. Oh my gosh. I found not my rocket, but a rocket. Uh, th those people, I wasn't recording when they were looking for it, but I found uh, Phantom Blue. Found it. Ooh, very nice. It's too bad. I don't know who those guys were. And I don't, didn't, wasn't recording when they were telling me, uh, wishing me luck. I found their rocket. Well, if they're still there, which they probably won't be, when I get back, good news for them. And if I can get a hold of them and get them a rocket back, I can do that. Oh, a lot of lily pads. I don't see a red mylar streamer anywhere. They must not have come in here that far or strayed that far from the path, though, because it wasn't that far out of the way. And the chute was sitting right on top of the tall grass, which is what you're always hoping for. i try and pack this back together. Come on, get in there. Oh, these little shock cords in a BT-50. It was pretty here. All right, so I got a rocket. Not mine. I found someone's rocket, and it's still in one piece because it was just lost. Look, even if I could see it in the water, it would at least... Like, if it were under the water, at least I would know where it was, right? The frustrating thing is sometimes you just never know when to give up. And you just sort of have to let things go. And maybe you were... Oh, there's a crane. Oh, I should have brought my telephoto. You know what? I recovered someone else's rocket. I think that should be good enough. I think that's good enough. As much as I could spend ages wandering around here, I know that I am expected back home not too long after 2 p.m. And oh, those wildflowers smell good. And this thing could just be anywhere. Could be anywhere. Could be right nearby. Could be nowhere close. Could be over those trees. There's another batch of trees back there. I see a kite. I see a kite hanging from a tree. I can't get a shot of it. It's too far away. And I'm getting hungry. Part of me just wants to keep looking. Because, you know, why would you leave something behind if you didn't have to? And it's always exciting to find it. And, I mean, I was excited to find this thing, this phantom blue rocket. Um, and it's not even mine. But part of me would like some cold water and, I don't know, a sandwich or something. I don't have any sandwiches. All right, let's see if I can find my way back. All right, I think this is the way out. Not a bad idea of going to a launch, depending on where you are, to dress for the wilderness. Bring some supplies, cover yourself well, bring a pocket knife, which I have, bring extra water. Of course, I took a big old gulp of water before leaving my car, but I didn't bring anything with me because I figured if it took that long, I was gonna give up, which I have. Um, but, you know, just be prepared. All right. Let's go see if there's anybody left. Probably not. Gosh, you know, if I had... I didn't bring my own launch equipment because I thought, no, I'm going to be there four hours. But, you know, once again, weather's nice. 
big open field. I could fly some more if I wanted to. I just didn't bring a launch pad or controller this time around. But this is not a bad field for bringing your own stuff, it looks like, at least, at least this year. Well, looks like uh, we've torn everything down and the van is, the trailer's still here, but everybody's leaving. So I guess that means I don't have to fold flags today. Did you guys lose this? Oh, we did. Yes. Thank you. Uh, it was, you know, I went down there and um, it was like, if you'd veered off to your right, it was like, suddenly it was just sitting on, the parachute was just sitting on top of the, the tall grass. Yeah. Yeah, we were in there for a little bit. Yeah, I couldn't find mine, but I didn't expect to. Like, it was... That's crazy with it. Yeah, I lost, I lost one about an hour and a half ago and... I just, I was like, I was gonna leave it and I thought I should at least check. But yeah, I'm sitting right there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you too. See you later. Well, I didn't, but I've flown it a lot of times, so it's all right. You lose some sometimes, you know. Take care. All right, well, I'm glad they were still there. Just, uh, Dad and a kid flying some rockets at the park. All right, that was episode one of Field Notes 2020 on the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. I'm your host, The Rocket Noob. Feel free to email me if you'd like. Noob at themodelrocketshow.com. That's N-0-0-B at themodelrocketshow.com. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Rocket Noob. And uh, my blog is rocketnoob.blogspot.com, which I update once in a great, great while when I feel like writing. All right, we're going to have another episode coming up not too long in the future. It's going to be part two of this series. And then we're going to do some interview shows and some workshop shows and lots and lots of other stuff. All right, catch you next time. Bye-bye. This show is brought to you by the support of our sponsors and listeners. If you wish to support the show for just a few dollars a month, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash the rocketry show. Don't forget to check out our sister show, the rocketry show.com, a program that is all about advanced and high power rocketry. The views and opinions expressed on these programs are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of little Beth entertainment or its sponsors. Button.